Welcome to the BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. Today we have allegedly Dave, also known as David Murphy, his, his parent, I guess, God-given name. <laughs> allegedly Dave is a legend to me. He uh, was the nail in the coffin for everything to deal with the geocentric view of, or the how the heliocentric view of our solar system and the modeling of the earth as it was given to me. In this interview, though, we, we just barely touch on what this plane of existence is and, and where, we're, where we're at, but we really get into his cosmology that is based on the Book of Remembrance, also known as the Old Testament. Uh, we've had other guests such as Chance Garten and a few others that have pointed out that, you know, the, the historical narratives around messiahs um, are a wonderful control mechanism that has been used. And uh, as Chance likes to say, he calls it a messiah. Um, Dave's cosmology, which is the Old Testament, you know, follows what the Old Testament says, where it's like, you shall have no other gods before me. So it's very wonderful to listen to a perspective that is a literalist of the Old Testament. And I've listened to pretty much everything he's put out there from a media perspective. When you get into the Apocrypha, when you get into the other books of the Bible, uh, it's a much more coherent story um, without the book of Enoch, without the book of Second Ezra. It's kind of like, it's a little bit confusing, actually. At least it was very confusing to my young mind as a, as a child. Um, but in reading Second Ezra's reading, I've probably read five of the books of five of, I forget what the canon of the Apocrypha is, how many there are, but um, you start to understand a little bit more of how this realm is and how it works. And after having Cal Washington on and how like minute of detail this gentleman gets into when it comes to the punctuation and what the punctuation means in certain aspects of, of the Bible, um, I believe that there's a very coherent picture that is painted. So enjoy the pod with uh, Dave Murphy. He's definitely going to come back on. And if uh, you appreciate everything that we do here at BioCharisma, uh, you can support us with everything that's in the show notes. So I will see you on the flip side. Allegedly, Dave, David Murphy, how are you doing today? I am absolutely fabulous, thank you. Um, after all the troubles I've had today. Yes, yes. Do you do you mind sharing what was going on? Because I saw your post on the Friday group that you were you're throwing your 
your hat into the fray of being being the leader yeah um i literally put this video out i've been i've been sort of umming and ahhing over it for over a year now right mm -hmm. um to to basically um ask the british people um to appoint me as the leader not not prime minister not um some kind of parliamentary position um but something completely different because part of the problem is the whole parliamentary system which right. is designed to keep the same type of people in in power and and not change anything so um i think that if i can get a uh, um, majority of the british people behind me um and if not behind me behind somebody like me right you know who isn't part of this group mm -hmm. um that has been leading us this on this downhill trajectory mm -hmm. you know for for probably millennia mm -hmm. um then we could actually you know do something different because what we're doing now is plainly not working right. so as soon as i put that video out um first of all it took 13 minutes before youtube took it down wow right, which is quick but it's not my it's not my record my record is eight minutes but which which video but, is that um oh i can't remember actually oh, i think i think it was one of my covid when i was talking about covid mm -hmm. um yeah i didn't pull very many punches and yeah eight minutes later it's gone uh, mm -hmm. people never actually got to see it to start with because it literally went while they were watching it right so, um yeah so yeah eight minutes 13 minutes later it was gone and then this morning my website disappeared mm -hmm. um you know after i posted it on my website so it's back now but um but yeah i i, I was doing lots of running around trying to get it back yeah well I'm i'm glad that you were able to get it back you've been over the target so many times and that's what I appreciate about you. I have to tell the audience that you were prime, my primary convincer that the earth wasn't a, a spinning ball as a billiard ball rifling through space <laughs> back in 2015. Um, I believe 2015 and 2016, uh, just the series of interviews you had done, the series of presentations that you did just... I mean, you were the nail in the coffin for me with that. Oh, and, thank you. At, and as somebody that uh, pretty much everything that you've ever gotten into, other than what I want to talk to you about today, because I, I'm just, I'm not educated in it at all. But with the urine therapy, with the COVID, um, you've just been over the mark, at least from my perspective, so many times. And for I've I've told a few of my friends that I was going to have you on the podcast and they're like, who's, who's allegedly Dave? How, how about you just give a, a brief, you know, history of, of, of yourself. You could be Dr. Evil and be like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, um, <laughs> actually I, I was, um, I was just an ordinary guy, you know, muggle as I call him, ordinary mm -hmm. muggle in the matrix. Um, I was um, I was actually living in in New Jersey um, at one point and working in New York, and I was there for 9/11, and so um, I watched it from across the water in Hoboken, um, and around about three or four years later, 
it hit me. Um, I was helping my daughter doing her physics homework. And it hit me that uh, 9-11 couldn't have happened the way they said it happened. Mm -hmm. And that launched me on, you know, initially the, you know, a quest to find the truth behind 9-11. But then that woke me up to the neocons who were planning it. And then that woke me up to the new world order, which mm -hmm. then led me to the monetary system, which then led me to the legal system, which then led me to the healthcare system and so on. And so I just kept going down all these different rabbit holes, as they say. Mm -hmm. um i i'm i'm more i think i, I liken it more to um a, a jigsaw puzzle so right. i'm there filling in the pieces for 9-11 and seeing bits that lead off other places that don't fit directly 9-11 but they lead off from it and so i go okay um but let's go down here and that led to the new world order <laughs> and then that led and to the monetary system and so on and now after nearly 20 years of of searching for the truth um i can i can step back and i can see what i think is the big picture what the whole thing is all about mm -hmm. um and uh, i'm i've been trying to help people with this knowledge um ever since ever since i woke up i have to say and that's what i love about you is this methodical progression where it at least the way you present yourself is that you don't let your emotional body get in the way you you use logic very very systematically and i think it was a couple of years ago you really started to get into the book of remembrance the the old testament at least at least your public facing side was like started to talk about this and you started to talk about essentially the big cosmology like like you wrapped up like you said you went through the progression of like all the things that we've been lied to about and then there's this nice book that everybody seems to have or most people seem to have you know nestled away in the west that's that's connected to the new testament this old testament thing that you call the book of remembrance and it has this like systematic way of going down and describing it's like an analog for where we're at now would, would you would you mind going through that and like because i have so many questions about how you read it what made you go into the different languages to find out what the true how to truly decipher what was said like i really i really want to know your process and the information right. that you got from it Sure. Um, well, I'll start with by saying that um, I, I was an atheist for 40 years. I, um, um, my, one of my earliest memories, being, um, being six years old, um, I was reading this book that we had about the Greek myths, uh, all the gods of, uh, of the Greeks and stuff. And I was fascinated. I was hooked. <laughs> it's it amazing. All these amazing stories. Um, and uh, when I went to school, I thought, I'm going to find out more about these gods and everything. And uh, I was really disappointed that, you know, it was all, there was nothing about it. Even in religious knowledge, it turned out to be about, um, you know, Hinduism and, uh, and Christianity and all this. And so I, at 13, I researched religion. Mm -hmm. And I came up with um, the idea that uh, they're all control systems. That's it. So from the age of 13, I was an atheist. And it wasn't until um, 
my during my journey, uh, which I might add, I believe now was um, a journey of deconstructing all the lies, all the systems that I thought were real, and uh, and and stripping them back to find the the real truth, which I believe is the Most High. Mm-hmm. And so, I was led to read the book for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've, I've never been to church, never, uh, I think I went to Sunday school once and never went back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no um, indoctrination into religion whatsoever. Um, but I, I was led to read the book. And first thing I discovered was, um, or first thing that hit me really was that um, the, the New Testament didn't fit. Mm-hmm. So I decided to research the Old Testament. And just like all the other subjects that I've been looking at, as soon as I started asking questions, all this information came to me. Um, it's, it's always been amazing. As soon as I start looking, asking questions about 9-11, all this information came. You know, looking at the healthcare system, all this information came. Mm-hmm. And my intuition, which now I've come to, to rely on now, would tell me, yeah, this, this, this is true. That's not, <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I go, okay, I think this is true. Then I get a flood of confirmation that says, yeah, you're right. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applied all those skills to looking at the old Testament and again, all this information that confirmed to me that the old Testament is a book of history, law, and guidance. Um, and once I started looking into it, I started, I I found my own heritage in that book. Mm -hmm. Um, I found the, 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 not history, but, uh, a description of today in that book with with no equivocation. There's no, no, oh no, it means this. No, it absolutely means what's going on absolutely today. Right. So I, I want you to summarize it. I, I'll give you, there's so many questions I have with it because I find it absolutely fascinating. The the notion, because you said the book of remembrance is for your people, the, the Israelites, right? Mm-hmm. Would you mind defining what an Israelite is? An Israelite is a, um, a blood descendant of Jacob or Israel of the Old Testament. Okay. And those are black people, essentially. The, no, they are a particular nation of people okay. who happen to be black skinned. Okay. Uh, there are there are black people who aren't Israelites. Okay. And uh, you know, um, they're of a different nation. Obama is not of the same nation as me. Okay. Um, for instance. So it's a it's a blood lineage. It's a blood okay. lineage. And yeah. so are the Israelites it in the other twelve? There's twelve tribes, correct? In the, yep. in, in the book or even or thirteen, or thirteen. <laughs> I lean towards the thirteen, but in mm. the in the book of remembrance, um, as an Israelite, do you have any uh, or any of the other tribes associated or in cahoots or like partnering with the Israelites? Uh, oh, okay. So, um, so the Israelites are the 12 or 13 tribes. 
there's one tribe right that was singled out uh to be to be scattered across the entire earth mm-hmm. right? and uh, that's that's judah mm-hmm. and you know the the people in america people in the caribbean um the, the people who are literally scattered around the whole world mm-hmm. are judah um i believe the other 11 or 12 tribes are in mostly in africa right now um okay. because because when you sort of start looking around at place names and the people's names and um you know the oral histories and things like that you find you know you find they know who they are you know they'll tell you themselves this is who we are you know you look at the name for instance malawi Mm -hmm. do you know what malawi means no city of levi malawi yeah Mm -hmm. yeah city of levi um there are there are people in nigeria who um call themselves and i can't remember all the details now they they call themselves um the sons of sons of israel um i can't remember but they have a um like a a speech impediment they have a speech impediment that matches um the people in i think it's the book of judges where um they were being um attacked by the Gileadites and they would try to escape and uh, the Gileadites would stop them at the border and and give them a test and the test was say the word shibboleth and mm. you know because they had this speech impediment they couldn't say shibboleth they said say shibboleth <laughs> something like that <laughs> and they were put to death mm-hmm. now there, there are people in Nigeria a very particular sect of people and they have that speech impediment and they say that they're, they're that, that people mm-hmm. so insane. yes yeah so so the um the 12 or 13, uh, 11 or 12 tribes are in africa mostly um but judah um has been spread around and you can you can actually look in some some old history books and you'll find um you know the story of what happened to them I followed one group who were taken from um, from Jerusalem, right? They were actually um, a direct lineage of King David, right? So the direct line of King David, those people were taken um, during the Babylonian captivity. They were taken to Spain, mm-hmm. okay? And then there were more of them taken when the Romans attacked, they were taken to Spain, right? Mm-hmm. So David's direct line right were were spirited off in those two captivities okay Mm -hmm. and they all landed in spain and um i've been able to follow and it's not just my work other people found this um i've been able to follow where they where they landed in spain all the way to being taken to to america Mm -hmm. um in fact adolf hitler had a book commissioned to find out who the the real israelites were and he knew that they weren't the jewish people mm-hmm. um and he had this he followed a particular family right um of the bloodline of david and showed where they went where they were taken to mm-hmm. and uh, and their histories um and this one family was called um oh 
uh, okay, they they took the name Yaya, okay? Mm-hmm. So Yaya, after the Most High. Um, and you can follow them after through the uh, the Spanish Inquisition to the Portuguese Inquisition, where they were taken to Africa and then taken from Africa to America. And in the Slave Voyages database, right? You can go and look for yourself. Go to look the slavevoyagesdatabase.org, I think it is, and you'll find Yaya mm-hmm. uh, taking their slaves. So I can I can show you a direct a direct lineage all the way from King David, right, all the way to to slaves being taken to America. That's amazing. And I, I hope your predictions are wrong because I live in an area of Missouri, right where the the eclipse X is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, because when you first said that, when I first saw your uh, video, I was still living in Costa Rica. And I was just like, you make so much sense to me throughout the years. I was like, whoa, you know, I never thought because I'm an amateur astrologer. Well, I'm not an amateur astrologer. I do real sky astrology. So I actually look at the astronomy of the sky pretty intently. And uh, I had never considered in my life when uh, when you have a crossing of an ecliptical cycle over seven years that whatever it crosses over, whatever X is created by that seven-year cycle, what actually happens to that continent? You know, I never thought of it. And then when you put it within the context of the biblical story and the the 400 years of oppression of, of, of the Israelites, the, 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 um, what's the correct way to say the, the house of Judah? Would it be the tribe of Judah? Yes, high house, tribe, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Could you explain to people what your what your vision, like what your insight was into that? Okay. Um, so um bearing in mind that the most high says that he gives us the sun, moon, and stars for signs and seasons. Exactly. Right? So, you know, we we know what the the, the seasons are, mm-hmm. but you know, what are the signs? Well, the biggest sign in the sky would be an eclipse. Yes. You know, the sun disappearing for, for, you know, 20 minutes or something is a big sign. Right. Mm. And sure enough, if, if that happened, you know, a thousand years ago, if you were there and you saw the sun go away, you, you'd start running because, you know, you knew something is coming. Mm. So, um, so an eclipse is a big deal. And America had this, um very specific eclipse um that only happened to america it went through um seven places called jerusalem or Mm -hmm. salem as it shortens to yeah Uh, which goes against all odds (laughs) yeah um i I say that the you know in america there's something like 49 places called springfield which is why the simpsons took it so you wouldn't know what state they were in yeah um so this eclipse didn't go anywhere near any of them, but it went specifically through seven, again, a biblical number, seven Salems, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, um, and, and an eclipse lasts a very particular length of time. Mm-hmm. But over where you are now, mm-hmm. that eclipse lasted just for a few milliseconds longer. And everyone was like, 
why why is that you know um mm. no answer but um seven years on from that eclipse which was in 2017 the great american eclipse um there's another eclipse mm. right happening april i believe it's april 11th april next 8th. year it's four, is it eight i can't four eight sorry so you just okay. look at the numerology four eight twenty twenty four all it, right yeah it, it's pretty it, it's it's a very very powerful number when you look at it yes mm. so so yeah there's an eclipse going across america the other way forming mm. the x right so um bearing in mind you know an eclipse right these signs in the sky are warnings okay so this x um over america i believe is a warning um when you look at what the x or that sign you know the x mm -hmm. it's the last letter of the paleo hebrew alphabet mm -hmm. um the letter ta which is um numer numerically it's the number 400 mm. to do with the 400 years of, of slave and affliction and it's also the last letter of the alphabet so it has the uh, additional meaning of the end mm -hmm. okay yeah so <clears throat> so yes it's um i think at some point after that second eclipse um so it wouldn't be straight after because it's a warning right Mm -hmm. You've got to give people a chance. Um, sometime after that, um, I believe America is um, is going to disappear. Um, just like it basically says in Second Esdras, mm -hmm. um, one of the books they took out of the Old Testament. So um <clears throat> so yeah, so yeah, that that's you know, that's that's me. I'm just putting puzzle pieces together and uh and coming up with something that makes sense to me. Yeah, there there's so much evidence in North America that the uh, New Madrid, when the last time New Madrid went in 1812, the the America before New Madrid and then the America after New Madrid were completely different. And mm. there's so many of these buildings. Um, I'm 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 a builder. I build you know you and I have shared some messaging about domes. So of course, all these capital buildings that are built from geopolymers, and they're only using like the top third of a lot of these capital buildings in different states. There is obviously something very massive that had happened here before that pretty much hid whatever civilization that was much more advanced than us, it hid it, <laughs> or at least it, it made it difficult to understand or have context for what was here before. Have you come across any information that would indicate the pre-Noah time or the, the time of Noah before Noah's flood was actually in America? Um, not really. Can I, can I just very quickly go back to the eclipse thing? Yes, Just yes, very please. quickly. Um, there are, um, once I started looking at those eclipses, um, my son actually pointed me to an eclipse that happened in that across West Africa, right, just before the first slaves being taken from from West Africa, like was uh, it the seven year cycle where it made an X? No, no, no. There was an eclipse that uh, totally eclipsed the sun that went across West Africa that would have been seen um, by everybody 
in the place that, that was called at the time Negro land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a warning back then. And, um, as far as synchronicities are concerned, if I see something that, you know, that has something to do with my name or my birthday, it usually is a sign to me to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So now that I was focused on eclipses, I started looking back. I had a list of eclipses and I started looking back in, in history at eclipses. And an eclipse just stood out to me because it happened on my birthday. Oh, cool. So on, okay. So it, it was uh, my birthday in 1831. Right? There was an eclipse across America right? um, in 1831 on my birthday. So I took a close look at that eclipse. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that eclipse uh, went across America. It started in the southern states and went up um, towards the north. It, it went over when Nat Turner started the slave rebellion. Mm. Okay. And it followed the path of Nat Turner's rebellion. Right. Did, it, exactly. It literally followed that path um, where um, later on in the year, August 21st, which is the same date of that eclipse in 2017 and which is also the same date as the first slave arriving in america mm -hmm. right and on august 21st nat turner did that um had that rebellion right where um it lasted quite some time and it he he was heading towards um an armory in a place called jerusalem and he never made it mm -hmm. So he never made it to Jerusalem, just like the book says, no one will save you. No man will save you. Mm -hmm. uh, he was he was trying to get back to Jerusalem and he never made it. That's uh, But it happened. It happened on August 21st. And there was an eclipse to tell you that it was going to happen. Well, the August 21st date is very, very powerful because that's that is a direct conjunction with Regulus. Okay, I'm not. I'm not a, a uh, okay. astrology type guy. Re Regulus is the the regal star. It has to deal with royalty, and so. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so there I, you go. Yeah. Would you mind sharing a little bit of your um, your views on what the royal the royal family and that like lineage and what that actually is, what the function is it's serving? Um. Well, as as I said, it was. The the real royalty in on this earth is is the the you know the lineage of of King David, mm -hmm. um, and and that that lineage was specially um, singled out, right? Because the, you know that's the royalty, that's the head of of that uh, you know of the, of the tribes of Israel. Mm -hmm. So that was was singled out for special treatment, you know. <laughs> especially bad treatment so um you know judah was uh was treated well you only have to look at the book of uh of of deuteronomy i think it's deuteronomy 28 the last half of that uh that chapter to see all the atrocities that they, um they would suffer so it's like the the royalty in exile being punished um but they're still royalty. Um, and 
I, I actually believe even during, during, you know, their suffering and their affliction, if you were to keep the, 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 the law statutes and commandments of the most high, right, you wouldn't suffer from, you know, you, you wouldn't suffer as badly. Um, the people who had, you know, the atrocities meted out to them, um, I believe were the ones who weren't following the law statutes and commandments while in captivity. So, mm. so yeah, it's, um, I'm saying the royalty is, is still here. Then they're not being treated as royalty. They're being treated as still as the lowest of the low. But I believe the whole world is waiting. The whole world is waiting for Judah to rise up. Um, mm-hmm. There's, um, there's, there are statues all around, all around the world. Okay. I, I have to step back a second. The bloodline that is the the arch enemy of Judah of um, of the Israelites, um, they represent themselves with the eagle. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, you can follow the eagle all around the world where they set up their empires and uh, and moved on. Okay, um, so you know the notable ones would be there's an eagle in Egypt usually with, you know, outspread wings or a circle thing above its head. Um, there's also the Greek two-headed eagle. Then you've got the Roman eagle. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the Nazi eagle. And mm-hmm. where do you think the eagle is now? It's in the U.S. That's absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, the book of Obadiah actually confirms it because he says, um, uh Though, and it talks about is Obadiah is talking about this particular bloodline in the end day, in the end days. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the whole of Obadiah is just about that. And he says, uh, "Though thy exalt thyself as the eagle, and set thy nest among the stars, then shall I bring you down." Who has set their nest among the stars? Those grand old masons up on the moon. <laughs> what were the first words supposedly from the moon? The eagle has landed. The eagle has landed. Yeah, they didn't just come up with that name out of nowhere. Right? It's a very deliberate thing. And it was just as Obadiah said, the, you know, the eagle set its nest among the stars. Mm-hmm. So there are statues all around the world of an, a, a lion subduing an eagle. Mm-hmm. That is telling you what what the end of this is. Mm-hmm. The um the the Old Testament, the full expanded Old Testament, basically says that um at the end of Esau, that's the direct enemy of the Israelites, Esau and the Edomites, at the end of Esau's reign, will start the uh, the beginning of Jacob's, mm-hmm. um and that's what that that symbol of the lion line of judah subduing the edomite the the um eagle bloodline is all about and i really appreciate this viewpoint for many reasons um one of the people that's in our friday group chance garton he has a wonderful podcast called the interverse podcast and for a couple of years he's said this thing that really resonated with me he calls the the messiah thing a messiah because it's always externalizing there's there's a there's a savior out there that's going to do something for you 
as long as you abdicate your authority to them instead of abdicating the authority to the most high instead of abdicating authority because in law we could talk about jurisdiction in a minute like if you're if you're in direct jurisdiction with the creator with the most high you're a living man it doesn't say like give your jurisdiction or give your or abdicate authority to a, a secondary a messiah mm-hmm. there is no middleman no. and so <laughs> and so with what you've been teaching me with what chance and his research has gone through has been it's obliterated this secondary middleman thing you know that what the eagle is always offering is like hey trust us give us give us your 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 power we'll take care of it and we see how that's gone mm-hmm. um so i have to admit my conditioning i grew up as a protestant my conditioning though i could see the hypocrisy of all of that that's just like complete bs and I don't know the book of remembrance all that well. What is the end of the story other than you talking about the lion subduing the eagle? Essentially, is that just the the people that survive whatever is coming end up being moral again and just following the Ten Commandments? Like what does that look like? Well, um again. The, the book is very, very specific about what happens in the end. Obviously, those books have been, um, have been hidden from most people. Um, in fact, the, the best book to look at to find out what's, what's happening today um, is, is um, the book of Second Esdras, mm-hmm. which was hidden in something called the Apocrypha, which actually means hidden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, so um the, the apocrypha was actually in the uh, original 1611 king james bible right but uh, it was like dropped from subsequent versions okay in in second esdras right, um second esdras is the fourth book of ezra okay and um ezra is talking to an angel and this angel says you know i told your brother daniel you know about the future but I didn't t- tell him everything. Mm. He is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, so he, he um, Ezra is told that um, in the last days, the earth will be um, over, overspread by a three headed eagle. Right. Mm-hmm. Which sounds all sort of, uh, you know, literary and airy fairy and all that. But again, when you realize that the eagle is a particular bloodline, right. Mm-hmm. So that eagle is represents that bloodline. So what are the three heads? Well, today, right, the three heads that control this world. Uh, do you know what they are? Uh, Rome, the Vatican, the city of London, and Washington, D.C. Right. So the sense of religious control of the world, the sense of financial control of the world, and sense of military control of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is the three-headed eagle. Okay. So three distinct bodies um, of or, of or groups of people which are the same bloodline. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, the uh, okay. In the end. Ezra is told that uh, the middle head, the strongest head, 
the head that puts the whole earth in fear uh, and i'm going to say that's uh washington dc that's yes. america yeah having yeah. military bases everywhere yeah <laughs> and if you if you turn up with uh oil or gold the americans turn up to lit to free you from it yeah yeah exactly um team so, america world uh, police world police yeah <laughs> um so so yeah i'm gonna say that's the middle head right the middle strongest and and uh the most fearful head well it says that that middle head will disappear without a fight mm -hmm. or just suddenly just disappear that's what i'm equating to um what's going to happen after that eclipse um that america just going to disappear without a fight then it tells that the remaining two heads will fight each other right? and one head is going to 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 kill the other head and um finally right it, the the book says a lion shall arise and rebuke the last head and that head will be no more mm. so so essentially as i said the world is waiting for the lion for Judah to wake up uh, and and rise up and and literally get rid to wipe the earth clean of that last remnant of this uh, eagle bloodline that's uh, that's holding the whole world in hostage. This really resonates with me. Um, I played professional football for a few years, and. I tell, I've told this story a bunch, but I, I'm sure you haven't heard it. My last locker room after our last win, when I was playing, I was amongst essentially mainly black guys <laughs> that were my friends. In American football, there's not that many, you know, white guys. I was a field goal kicker, so I wasn't like a real athlete, <laughs> but all the rest of my all the rest of my teammates, you know, other than a few offensive linemen, they were all black. And so I was hanging with the brothers and I had been in that world of athletics at a very high level for 12 years. So I was very immersed in the North American black athletic culture. And we were all happy because we won our game. And I was just like, I felt this sense of appreciation with all, all my teammates and I was looking at them and I was noticing like, we didn't fit the stereotype that a lot of young athletes have. Like we were being told, like when I was growing up, if you were an athlete, you were, you were stupid, you were, uh, insensitive, disrespectful, you were a jock, you know, the quote unquote jock. Right. And while I was sitting there in the locker room, I was looking at all my teammates and I was like, these guys are beautiful. One physically, like they're beautiful men. Two, most of them, we all had a side hustle. We were all had other jobs and we're entrepreneurs and thinking about our future. And I was a few years removed from college. So when I would hang out with other guys that weren't athletes, that were outside of the venue of sports, they were so lame. Like they were all like in cubicle jobs, doing things they didn't like. And mm -hmm. they weren't like, they physically weren't like in their bodies. So the women didn't really respond to them all that well. And here I'm looking at all my, all my teammates and I'm like, I'm like, 
just feeling appreciation. And then all of a sudden it hit me like a like ton of bricks. I'm like, oh my God, the only thing that we all actually have in common right now is that we're all injured. Every single one of mm-hmm. us are injured. And then it hit, like I saw the whole thing. I was like, we're all incentivized to destroy each other. Like that sport, like we're running into each other 100 miles per hour. It's a car wreck. And and it it just flooded through me because at the time I was in massage therapy school, I was learning how to like relieve all that tension that I've been taking on and help, Mm -hmm. help my teammates and help my friends and all that. And then all of a sudden it was just like, this whole thing is the modern day gladiator. Gladiator. Exactly. And here, the most beautiful men amongst us are, are getting concussed at a rate that people have no idea about or the strongest of exactly you. exactly and it was so funny because as a field goal kicker being around these these titanic men i i chose field goal kicking because at a very young age i could see i'm not as fast i'm not as strong I'll never survive doing those other positions. The only way I'm going to survive is by using my foot. <laughs> like at 14 <laughs> years old, it was very clear. I was like, I could play those other positions, but I'm going to get killed. I should do this and I'll excel. And it was so obvious that the 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 bit the best and the brightest were all just being paid to kill each other. It, it was it was yeah. perfect. Like it, it was perfectly diabolical. Well, yeah, that's if you if you look at, for instance, if you look at um, uh, the rat utopia experiment. OK, have you heard of it? I think I've heard it from you, but could you remind <clears throat> us? Yeah. So it was an experiment where um, uh, the scientists basically got uh, created uh, a habitat for rats, mm-hmm. um, and they they literally overpopulated it. Yeah, they gave them all sorts of all, you know everything they needed, but uh, um, overpopulated. So it so you know relatively the the resources were scarce, um, um, but they were there. All the resources were there. What happened was. Because of you know piling these rats together, they ended up killing each other. Mm-hmm. The whole of the inner city, the ghettos, the uh, the projects, right, were were designed around the rat utopia. Right, and uh, just to add to it, they they um, made sure that there were lots of um, you know liquor stores, gun mm-hmm. shops, and uh, you know. Um, all the things there, and and they filled those places with drugs as well, yeah. and and they would drop off guns, yeah, in that neighbourhood, right, um, just to make sure that 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 population would destroy themselves. Yeah, and governmentally, it was incentivized to have children out of wedlock. Yeah, um, well, because the uh, welfare system basically mm-hmm. said to the women. Right, you you can have welfare. It'll be enough to you know that keep you in a good standard of living, but the man can't be in the house. Exactly. 
so you know the the result was obvious what was going to happen was is obvious yeah this the whole the whole um society the whole western society is a prison camp it's a concentration camp yes it is it, it was it was always designed to be so you know mm. we just we're just here mistakenly thinking it's a country you know mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing what you say just it hits on so many of my own personal like what i've directly experienced and witnessed because it's kind of fun when you work on other bodies, like when you actually touch other bodies for a living. Sorry, my dog is <laughs> doing his thing. The There's an energetic field that emanates. And that emanation, if you're sensitive enough, you can feel it. And when I work on... And it's not all black people because once again, I'm not like asking people what, what tribe they come from <laughs> or what, <laughs> what, what lineage they come from. Right. But there is like, if I was to take like just a, a pull of my own experience, I would say that the, the presence in the capacity, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. The capacity of, of this line is greater it like from a from a purely energetic perspective does that make sense to you absolutely absolutely um <clears throat> funny enough i was just reading something um there was a book um i think it's from the early early uh, 20th century um called the human atmosphere mm -hmm. where um this this guy basically um found a, a substance that he could he could like coat glass with so that when he looked at somebody through this glass he could he could see their their aura mm -hmm. he could see the aura um and that substance has been has been blacklisted it's been you can't get it anywhere you can't find it you can't make it it's mm -hmm. you know it's been it's been buried because um i think if if people could see you know, I can I can imagine if you looked at uh, Klaus Schwab's aura, <laughs> you'd be shocked. Right. You know, um, so so you know that's one of those things they you know they can't have out there. But there was a there was a way for you could actually see. It's almost like they live glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know there was. A, I think that I think that story actually came out of that idea. Yeah. But um, but, but yes, I believe that um, you know. <sighs> It kind of, I, I might have to go back, step back into the Old Testament again, because yes. Yes. Um, the whole, the, the story, the actual crux of the story is that the Most High created a man in his image. The, uh, there was an incursion by fallen angels who wanted to destroy that man and, uh, what what they did to try and destroy was to um or first take away his immortality and uh, and they were they succeeded at that and that's the whole story of eve in the garden right mm -hmm. um i can go into more of that detail if you, with that if you want to i would but that that took out um his immortality so plan b was adam was not going to be the immortal governor of earth it was gonna, now going to be his offspring mm -hmm. right 
so the second part of uh, you know second part of the the angel's plan was to um corrupt the bloodline so the angels the fallen angels came um had sex with human women and they they created their second seed line right mm -hmm. so that's the entire story it's the it's the um fight between real humans and hybrids not so humans okay um now the flood was there to to get rid of that not human bloodline the mm -hmm. the nephilim bloodline okay right. that's what but the nephilim um, bloodline got the other side of the flood through the dna of noah's children and grandchildren and so on mm -hmm. okay because um because Noah was the only one who was clean, right? Surely of you know Adam's blueprint, but Noah's wife wasn't. In fact, Noah's wife was from the line of Cain, but that's another story. But um, but then Noah's children had Nephilim DNA in there. Mm -hmm. um, so the post-flood part of uh, of Genesis is all about the Most High sifting and and um manipulating the bloodlines essentially he's saying to you know out of the three sons of noah shem was the chosen one his bloodline was the closest to adam's mm -hmm. and then out of shem's five children um uh, arfaxad was chosen right so it's our arfaxad's line and every so often down the line there would be a chosen one okay mm -hmm. so eba was a chosen one, even though he's not spoken much about, but that's where you get the word Hebrew from. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it skips a few generations. And then Abraham was a chosen one. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and Abraham had loads of children, but the one chosen one was Isaac. Okay. And when Isaac had children, something new happened. Isaac had twins, twin boys. Esau, the firstborn, all the fallen angel DNA was concentrated in Esau. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to the um, the, the de description of Esau, you'll see the description of the fallen angels in there. Yeah. He was a ginger, wasn't he? He was, he was red all over and his <laughs> hair was straight red hair because, because it was uh, like goat's hair. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Um, so you had Esau, right, with all the fallen angel DNA concentrated in him, and Jacob with no um, Nephilim DNA in him. So now the bloodline was cleaned. That's why all Jacob's children were now were now chosen, right? Mm -hmm. Because now the bloodline's back to Adam's original blueprint. So that's the war that's been going on ever since the days of Esau and Jacob, mm -hmm. right? That you know, you've got the fallen angels represented by Esau and the most high represented by the Israelites, mm -hmm. right? Everyone else, everyone else in the world um, are collateral damage in this war. Um, and, you know, the Nephilim bloodline is winning or up until now has been winning. They, they rule the world right now. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, the idea that the world is overpopulated the world isn't overpopulated, mm. right? We've got a tiny island at the bottom of um, of, of Great Britain, right, called the Isle of Wight, right? 
you should get every single man, woman, and child on the Isle of Wight. They'd be standing sort of uh, shoulder to shoulder, but the whole population of the world, if the world is, you know, has 8 million people, uh, or 8 billion, sorry, if they were all on, they'd all be on that island and the, the whole world would be empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what is this overpopulation thing all about? Well, um, if you look at every single Western country, right, and you could have looked uh, 10 years ago and you'd still found this, every single Western country right, is in population crisis. And they've been so for generations. Yeah, they're not right? reproducing. Chi- they're not reproducing. China is in population crisis. Japan is in population crisis. Korea is in population crisis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only continent that isn't in population crisis is Africa. Yeah. Right. So the depopulation isn't about everyone else. It's about those people in the place that used to be called Negro land. This is why Bill Gates is down there, is always down there testing, you know, his, his, his bioweapons. He's not testing, he's deploying them. Right. Mm-hmm. um so so um that's that's the war and we kind of went past a, a point you you brought up earlier about uh this uh messiop yeah <laughs> which i like i'm going to use from now on mm-hmm. um so the edomites because they were they were uh, again um, of the lineage of abraham mm-hmm. they um inherited certain blessings in this world right so um so essentially they couldn't be defeated in battle and literally they're very successful at uh you know in in war um the only people they couldn't defeat were the israelites because the israelites had more blessings than them mm-hmm. uh, so and so you know try as they might they couldn't defeat them but again if you look at the description of esau he was a cunning hunter now a cunning hunter studies his prey mm. uh, and finds a weakness and exploits it mm. so esau essentially noticed that um when the when the uh, israelites turn their back on the law statutes and commandments of the most high right the most high turned his back on them and they became weak and they were taken into captivity mm-hmm. right so they they noticed that and thought ah we can use that so when the edomites came against the israelites as the greeks again you'll find the the books will tell you that they were the greeks um so as the greeks they the first thing they did when they when they sort of invaded they um it commanded the uh, israelites to worship zeus Mm. right and eat pork okay so go against the commandments of the most high uh you can find all this in the book of uh, maccabees one of the books of the uh, apocrypha so yeah they were commanded to eat pork and worship worship zeus but then um the maccabees began a uh, a revolution against this right so they were revolting on the side of the most high so the most high turned back to them and they were able to kick the uh kick the greeks out Mm -hmm. okay so when the Edomites came against them again as Romans this time, right? Um, they learned from their previous mistake. 
they learned they couldn't force the Israelites to worship another god. So they created one of their man gods, one of their Christs, right? Mm -hmm. And they've had lots of them. Mithras Christos, Serapis Christos, yeah? Mm -hmm. They created one of their man gods, and they said, this is your most high. Mm -hmm. In order to speak to the most high, you must go through him. Right, right? the middleman. Which is breaking the first commandment. Exactly. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Right. So, you know, if you go by what the New Testament says, you know, the only way to get to the most high is through through this guy. You're putting that guy before the most high. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so that was the only way that the Romans, the Edomites, were able to keep the um, the Israelites in, uh, you know, slavery and affliction for 400 years. Mm -hmm. Right. Because um they'd beat jc into those people right you know whether you know the inquisitions were about that right um the inquisitions right tortured people to you know if they didn't accept jc yeah they tortured them and then burnt them at the stake right but that didn't even work that didn't work the israelites said you know stubbornly clung to the laws of, Mo of moses so the next thing they did was they took the children, right? They took the children from the Israelites. They took them across the sea to Angola or the island of St. Thomas, and they rose and, and raised them as Christians. Mm -hmm. So the kids had no, you know, no knowledge of, uh, you know, what they were doing wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they raised up as, as Christians, they were taken to the mainland, and that's when they were taken as slaves later on. So JC was was beat and indoctrinated into the people, right? And so so the Israelites were praising the most high through JC and and so breaking the commandments without knowing it. It's just a diabolical plan. Mm -hmm. So there's a, uh, I always had some questions with the story of Adam and Eve because the, of Cain and Abel. And when Cain is cast out after he kills Abel, he goes and builds cities and he procreates. And my question as a little kid was, wait a minute, aren't Adam and Eve like the only ones around here? Like how, how, like who, like, is it everything incest? Like, is everybody just like, what, what's happening? Would you say people of fairer complexion like me are the, the pre-Adamites? Like what, what is that? Like who were, who were those people? Okay. Well, if you, if you read the Old Testament um, carefully, you'll notice that in Genesis one twenty seven, right? Um, it says God, right? And if you look up the word, it's Elohim, Elohim yeah. right? And, um, and, you know, it is referred to apparently in as a plural. And Elohim is a plural for the word El, mm -hmm. right? So El, or Elohim, uh, created men and women, male and female, yeah? And um, instructed them to go forth and multiply, you know, out throughout the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Then, and, and this was on day six. Then at some point after day seven, in Genesis 2, 7, um, it says the Lord God. Hmm. Okay. The Lord God created Adam. All right. And then at some unspecified time later, all right, because Adam's first job was to name all the animals. He didn't just do it in, you know, in half an hour or something. Yeah. At some unspecified time later, Eve was created. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were told to stay in the garden. Right. So there were two lots of creations. Mm -hmm. Right. And there were two creators. Because mm -hmm. if you look up the word L, right, and you kind of have to know how Paleo Hebrew works. Right, you'll see that there are eight different meanings, and it says uh, st strong, strength, power, um, uh, mighty man, um, mighty hero, um, like uh, gods with a little g, and I think there's a god with a big g, but that's uh, I think that was slipped in later. But it basically, if you put all those meanings together, you get the sense of a mighty angel, okay, angel is another one of the meanings, sorry, uh, a mighty angel worshipped as a god, mm. right? Essentially, a fallen angel, right. right? And again, El is a Canaanite god anyway. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the angels created man or, or men and women, male and females, in their image, okay? Mm-hmm. And you find out what they look like because in the book of Enoch, it tells of a story of um, Lamech when Lamech of, of the line of Seth um, had a child, Noah. Noah was an albino and he, you know, um, and Lamech was, was terrified. And he went to his father, Methuselah, and said, Let's go and inquire of um, of Enoch, the wisest man they knew, right? Um, because I don't think this is my son, right? Mm. And he went to Enoch and said, um, I've, I've, I've begotten a, a strange son. He looks like the children of the fallen angels. Mm -hmm. So we know that uh, the offspring or the creations of the fallen angels, the pre-Adamites, looked, you know, blonde haired blue eyed white skinned mm -hmm. okay which just so happens to match what we call neanderthals today really so yes look it up the the genetic they they know the genome of the neanderthal and they said well it's got all this diversity yeah blonde hair blue eyes and blue or green eyes and and white skin right so the neanderthals were created on day six and some point after day seven adam was created but adam was supposed to be the immortal governor of earth mm -hmm. he wasn't meant to have children and if you look um eve wasn't meant to be a mate right it says that adam was was um naming all the animals and a helper wasn't found amongst the animals so mm -hmm. eve was created as an as a helper not as a mate Mm -hmm. Right, so they weren't meant to have children. Um, again, I could go into a lot more of that later, but but they they were not meant to have children. 
but uh, that incident in the garden wasn't about eating apples. It was an angel, and uh, the Book of Enoch tells you his name even, right? An angel called Gadriel, right? Basically had sex with Eve, right? And innocent, she was innocent. She didn't know what sex was, right? She, so she was seduced. Um, she went and then showed Adam what to do. And we kind of know now that when um, somebody has an orgasm, there's a release of energy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I believe that release of energy meant that they couldn't be immortal anymore. They lost that vital energy that kept them as immortal. And yes. from that moment, they were on the path of death. And this is what the book says that from when they when they sinned, when their eyes were opened, right, death came into the world. Mm. Right. So and and it also explains why um as soon as they, you know, they they ate the apple, <laughs> they suddenly realized they were naked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does what happens to a child, right? When they suddenly start realizing there's a difference between men and you know boys and girls, mm -hmm. they start to cover up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one day they're running around in the garden, you know, naked, and then they they start go, oh no, ooh. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so it's the whole book is about you know sex, reproduction, um, so and so begetting who and whatever. It's about bloodline and lynch. That's yeah. all it's about. So for those of us that aren't from the the tribe of Judah, <laughs> like uh, my dad, I I I don't I really haven't brought this up before other than with with my family and close friends, but my dad I joke cuz he I joke that he was had to have been part Nephilim because he had retard strength. He had two extra rows of teeth. And oh. he was an extremely hairy man, like super hairy. <laughs> and he was a cursed being. Like he was cursed. He was, how should I say this? He was both blessed and cursed. He had incredible sensitivity to extracurricular things going on. He could design any building. He could draw anything that he wanted. Um, women loved him. Um, but he was also his own worst enemy. He couldn't get out of his own vices. Like he he constantly felt uh, abandoned. And it was it was kind of like this really sad like story for somebody that had so much so much capacity, you know somebody that had so much ability. And um, I bring that up because I do think that they're like, I've had visions in my own journeys of being a fallen angel. Like I, I was asking what my origin story was and I had one clipped wing and I was, I was coming down in a spiral. Like I actually like, the the journey I was on ayahuasca and I was like I felt all this tremendous pain on the right side of my body and I was like what is the origin of this what is the origin of this and I went back and I was like is this my imagination and I kept getting like no this is it like shh. and so let's say that that stuff is let's say that this is real let's say that this is something that from um from a genetic lineage perspective, 
uh, I need to rectify, let's say. I do have a direct experience of God in my heart, like direct, like with my creator, like the way I pray is either to that which created me or to that, the, the most high Lord above all others. When I pray that way, I feel like I'm in direct jurisdiction with, with him. But given this story, given this, 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 uh, breakdown of the book of remembrance is there any hope for for somebody that's in my predicament like <laughs> is it well the, what you got to realize is that um that we're back in the days of noah okay? yes we are. and and those days were that virtually everybody well everybody but noah um was basically uh, contaminated mm -hmm. by Nephilim DNA. Um, we all are to an extent, right? Uh, there are some who aren't, but uh, for the most part, we all are. I've got green eyes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, more body hair than I should have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we've all got some of their genetic traits. Um, I believe, though, that the wickedness part, because the psychopathy, wickedness, um is one of their traits and that i think is the key trait right um even before the flood right remember everybody was contaminated with this this uh nephilim dna even before the flood noah and methuselah preached for 120 years for for them to repent mm -hmm. which means they all had the capacity to repent yeah right they all had the capacity to to leave the wickedness behind, and uh, that which so so now we're coming up to I believe the second Exodus, and uh, you know um, the book basically says that in that second Exodus is it's uh, it's not just the Israelites; it will be the stranger as well. Mm. So, um, so I think that there will be an opportunity. For anybody, you know, to, you know, to to leave with the Israelites, and um, you know, the wicked will not. Obviously, they won't want to leave because they'll they'll love this system too much, right? Um, there will be a lot of people, Israelites as well, who again will not want to not want to leave this because it's what they know, and uh, you know, they're in love with it. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, but. There'll be an opportunity for those who are, um, and, I, and I actually think it's going to be the awakened ones. All those who are awake, if they see that there's a an exodus happening, they're the ones who are like, who go, <laughs> count me in, I'm off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Because the muggles are the ones who are going to go, oh no, I, I don't know what it's like in Africa or wherever it is. I'll, I'll stay here. I, I know what I'm doing here and all this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's the, the ones who are awake now who are the ones who are going to go with the Israelites um, out of these these wicked societies. Do you have an idea geographically where that might be? I actually, you know, I actually think it's going to be Africa because, uh, um, well, well, for one thing, people don't realize how big Africa actually is. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 
everyone everyone looks at the Mercator map, the map that everyone's uh, everyone's indoctrinated with, and they see Africa roughly the size of uh, uh, of Greenland, or um, you know, America's is uh, is almost as well. I think it's almost as big, you know, on that map. But America, Europe, China, all fit inside Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's massive. Um, so I, I think, you know, I get the feeling that's where that's where the exodus will be to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you? This is off topic, but it kind of deals with geography, so I have to ask it. Because when I was growing up as a child, the maps presented differently than they do now. And I'm not under the impression that the maps are the terrain. But still, growing up in South Florida, watching my dad and I would plot hurricanes coming off the coast of Africa. So it was very, very conscientious of the the plot lines between East Africa and the Caribbean right off the equator. Well, now mm-hmm. I've been mandala affected because those plot lines, it's like half the plot lines. Like it looks like South America is like, you know, now like fitting up in the crawl of, of Africa. And I'm like, when I was a kid, that wasn't what the maps presented at all. Because mm-hmm. I actually have a, a pretty decent memory in that regard when it comes to proportionality. And like Cuba now is like the size of Florida. Cuba, when I was a kid, was this, it was like maybe a third of the size of Florida. And I knew this because we were we growing up in South Florida, Cuba was only 80 miles away. Like, you know, so on some boating expeditions, you'd go and uh, there's the coast of Cuba. Like, so it wasn't like I wasn't aware of it. But now Cuba mm. is literally the length. And then you have like the Yucatan Peninsula is almost touching Cuba now. <laughs> and I was like, no, like, so obviously there's some fuckery with the maps. Do you, do you have any, have you been Mandala affected at all in that way? I I distinctly remember New Zealand being northeast. Yes. Right, northeast of uh, of Australia, uh-huh. sort of, you know, tucked up up and 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 to the right of Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's southeast. Mm-hmm. Now New Zealand is the land down under. It's closer to the Antarctica than than Australia. Makes right? no so sense. it makes no sense. Um, so I have a I have a, a slightly um, unorthodox view of the flat Earth. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, which could also throw some light on this and a few other topics as well. Um, I don't know if you've come across a five-hour video called uh, Lost History of Flat Earth. Absolutely, yeah. Right, A-war. so, sorry? The guy who made it, Awar? Awar and on, yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's since started backing away from it, right? Yeah, yeah, but... he's totally retracted almost everything, which I'm yeah, so but pissed I can't... about. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I, because I, I was expecting, I was waiting for more. But you know, anyway, yeah, he got by. I can't let, I can't let go of some of the things he said, though. Um, the the idea is, um, if you imagine, right, um, the Earth being a a massive lake, a cer- massive circular lake, okay, and that lake is frozen over, totally, mm-hmm. totally frozen over, right. 
and over one quarter, one corner of the that lake, there's a heat source going round, melting out a puddle in that lake, mm -hmm. right? And that is our Earth. Okay, that that little puddle out of the greater Earth, right, is is what we call our Earth today. Now, the Sun and Moon are going around a magnetic center, mm -hmm. and that magnetic center itself is moving very slowly around the uh, the greater Earth. Exactly, taking yeah. us taking the Sun with it, melting out a different puddle as it goes. Right. So as as um, that puddle moves certain continents start start going under the ice right mm -hmm. and and also because that puddle is moving the orientation of um of continents will change because yes. the puddle is moving yeah mm -hmm. so that kind of might even speak to what we're dis we're we're um well we're thinking about that uh, you know things have changed about how the continents are um because that puddle is moving and new continents come out from under the ice. Yeah. Um, how do we know if a new continent's appeared? Uh, because, you know, we trust we trust the system to tell us. And mm. if you know, if it's you know, if we're right about the system, they're not going to tell us anything. Right. Right. Now, when a new continent or appears from out um, from under the ice, well, that ice has got to go somewhere, you know, it melts, turns into water. And uh, what I imagine happens is that that water stirs up all the silt on that new continent, right? The water drains away and a silt settles at a different level. Mm -hmm. So what they find on these new continents and new islands are um, cities that have already been built. Right. But they're submerged. Mm -hmm. They're either completely submerged or they're partially submerged. Right. And um, when people move onto these new continents, you know, they find buildings and they start excavating and look, we found a city, mm -hmm. uh, which is funny because they don't say we built a city. We founded a city. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, so they find these cities and, um, and they've all got the same kind of um, Greco-Roman, very ornate, very, uplifting um uh, incredible architecture right that we know we can't build today yeah right but this architecture is everywhere on the earth mm -hmm. you know you'll, you'll find the same architecture in india yeah in china in in all these countries that have their own building style today but but yet there is this this um like undercurrent of original architecture that's all the same Mm -hmm. as everywhere else in the world so so yes i believe that um that new continents are, are appearing and um now here's here's where i depart from you are on um he tells that uh, the movement of the of this puddle is is very slow it takes 2160 years is it 2001 yeah something like 2160 years to to move from one age mm -hmm. so a 15 degree um movement um yeah from one age to another so literally two thousand years before you get to uh, another another age i think it's actually happens very suddenly i think you're moving and then it happens very suddenly 
And then that, there's a, that would it's, make it's, the silt thing calamitous. that you're talking about. That would cause yeah. that. That makes so much more sense. Because if you look at um, the progression of magnetic north, okay. If you there's that you can look it up. You'll yeah, find uh, places that plot the mm -hmm. and and the years. If you look at the years um, uh, on the on the plots, you'll find that. Um, Okay, a uh, hundred years is a certain distance, but then you see that same distance over twenty years. It's accelerated. It's accelerating, yeah. So, if if that movement is accelerating, then it can't be this this smooth progression from one age to the next. I think that it literally. I think um, every five hundred years, you get this sudden calamity as we shift very quickly to um another age mm -hmm. right um and and so if you look back in in history you'll find that uh for instance um there was a year they said a year without sun and it, the the worst year in history five uh 583 i think is something like that all right but then you look at anatoly fomenko's work and you find out that um possibly They've actually added a thousand years to our calendar without us knowing. Exactly. So they've literally um, spread out events. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look like it all happens at once. But I think it all this this calamity happens very very suddenly. Mm -hmm. right? um, there's a story of um, London starting to get very very cold, and it got cold so cold that the Thames froze over. Mm -hmm. And they started having street fairs on the Thames. Mm -hmm. Now, what if, you know, um, London at that time just start, kept getting colder and it got colder and colder and people, it got so cold, people had to move. And they moved and found a new island and they called that England and they called the river they found there the Thames. Mm -hmm. How would you know if that knowledge got lost? That there was uh, the original place, and then you came to another place and called it. How do you know? Right. So, that, so yeah. I, I, sorry, Cameron. No, that's a great question because the Prague clock to me was like the last vestige of what the old, what the old knowledge was. You know, from yeah. from a chronology perspective. Yeah, and the, that Prague astronomical clock actually tells the entire story. It tells you the model that I've just described. Yes. You know, that uh, zodiac wheel that literally connected to the center of the clock face. So it moves around mm -hmm. the whole clock face. Yeah. And the sun and moon are in the center or around the center of that zodiac wheel. And I noticed something else actually just recently. Okay. Um so you've got the sun and moon around the center of the zodiac wheel, right? And the, the sun and moon on like um, on on uh, arms, little arms that come out from the center of it. But on the end of those arms are tracks that lead off. Uh, it's, a, it's a kind of track that is angled away from the arm such that um, no matter where that arm is, it's, it's pointing to the center of the clock face. Mm-hmm. And part of the arm goes further in, uh, into the zodiac wheel, and part of the arm goes outside of the zodiac wheel. 
Mm. Now, where the sun is, right, that movement on that track could simulate the or, or describe the seasons. So the sun is going inside the zodiac wheel, and, and the further in it is, the further towards the Tropic of Cancer it is, and the further out it goes, um, you're you're near the Tropic of Capricorn. Mm -hmm. But the track also goes outside the zodiac wheel. Mm -hmm. And it struck me that the Book of Enoch talks about the sun leaving and coming back in through gates. Yes. So what if what Enoch was right, that sometimes that sun goes outside on the zodiac wheel, which is outside of the earth. Right. So it's it's gone through a gate to leave the earth and then it comes back in. That's when um, the big freeze I, would happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I'm just putting things together and I see, you know, I, I see things that make sense to me. I'm not whether it's right or not, I don't know, but it makes sense to me. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so wonderful. I I love that modeling. Be have you ever seen the astronomy of Taco or Tycho Brahe? Uh, yes, it's the um, it's actually the one that makes more sense. Yes. Um, that. Uh, you know, yes, the uh, sun is going around us and all the all the so-called planets are going around the sun. Right. And if you look at it, it's a dual point, which would actually match if that was like, you know, superimposed on top of. Of this larger, you know, prog clock, you know, geography that we're talking about. I was mm -hmm. looking at it because there's a website now. I'm forgetting what it is offhand. I'll put it in the links. There's a website where you can look at the proportion of that and the proportion of true north, like true center relative to magnetic north is exactly the ratio of earth to sun within his model. Oh, I'm going I'm to have to hear that again. Some, so I can, can actually get that in my head. Um, can say that again. So like in the, in the prog clock, there's a real center. And like you said, we're quarters. We're like a we're this this circle that is within a greater circle. The ratio of where the center of where the sun and the moon are relative to true north and magnetic north, there's three points. All right. From true north, I shouldn't say true north, I should say dead center of the of the clock relative to where the center of the sun and moon would be on the part of the earth that is moving mm -hmm. is exactly the same ratio of what Tycho Brahe had. Oh, okay. as, his, as his projection in the sky. Wow. I, I don't know if I can share my screen. Yeah, I'll, oh, I'll make sure that okay. you can share. Hold on. There you go. Okay, let's say, uh, share it. Tell me if you see it. I see it. Right. So, um, if you see, I mean, the, the moon is visible. It's visible more for the moon here. But can you see that uh, this is the moon, mm -hmm. right? And it's it's on this arm. Uh, so it's going around this zodiac wheel, right? Right. Well, notice that here 
is the track that I'm talking about out the moving outside of the earth. Yes. Right. And here's the sun on the same arm, but there's a track that goes inside and also you can just about see outside. See mm -hmm. that? I do. So this is what I'm trying to uh, see if I could, I've got. Oh, I found this map as well. Um, it, it's it's actually part of a larger map. Let's see if I've got it on this. I've got a talk that I'm doing about it. Um, I don't know if you've seen this this map. I have not. Uh, okay, so this was drawn. I believe it's drawn uh, recently. It just appeared. Um, I did see a website, uh, not website, a uh, Telegram group where somebody was actually putting this together. So I'm not sure where they're getting information from. Look but, at the side uh, of Africa in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's supposedly based on this um, map that's um, that's you know on the moon. Um, yes. Now there's a section here um, you can see. And it's uh, it's I've blown it up, uh, I've blown it up here, and it's what you were just describing that uh, there's a sun, uh, oh, hang on, where is it? Sun and all the all the planets are, are circling around it, right? Which is that Tycho Brahe model, right? Yep. Um, let's. Uh, I've got something else here. Where is it? Um, is this the one I was? Uh, I'm not sure that's the one. Um, well, that one. Okay, I'm looking for a, um, a particular picture of the of the clock um, that shows that what I'm. That's not it. Okay, I don't have it. Sorry, <laughs> I'll stop the share. Yeah, I thought I had. Uh, I could find it quickly, but I couldn't find it. Um, I've got a talk that I'm trying to put together. So I've got loads of talks. I just don't have time to <laughs> to put them all together. But I'm I'm trying to put together a talk which might just go straight to video. I don't know um, mm -hmm. of of what I see about the greater Earth. Um, I can't wait to know, hear. But... I I think we're in in lockstep with so many things, and it's been such a pleasure to have you. We started an hour late and have to get going because I have another appointment. But uh, I, I so appreciate you coming on to the BioCharisma podcast. And where can people find your work, Dave? Um, well, hopefully my website's still up. But uh, my website is uh, allegedlydave.com. Um, you can find me on YouTube, which isn't so useful these days. Um, um, my, my channel's called dmurphy25. But on, on most of the other uh, platforms, you can find me under Allegedly Dave. Excellent. Excellent. And if you'd, if, if you'd come back on, because you can tell I can just pick your brain forever, I would love to have you back on soon enough. And, and we can dig a little bit deeper after I, I research a little bit more of what you've shared here. Not a problem. Be happy to do that. Awesome, Dave. Thank you so much for coming on, and, and we'll talk soon. You're welcome. You take care. You ought to know. Well, now you. You ought to know by now. I hope you enjoyed the podcast with David Murphy, allegedly Dave.
please check out his work at allegedlydave.com. D Murphy 25 on YouTube. I actually find uh, BitChute is a little bit more open to posting and keeping his material up. Um, I, I'm so happy to have made this connection. This is somebody that being in the jungle of Costa Rica or in the middle of Central Europe, I found his voice and his demeanor really to bring me to a good place in my own being. Um, if you haven't had a chance to look at the documentary done by Awar, Awar Non, his first one, where I think it was the history of Flat Earth. Um, it was a five-hour documentary. When it hit the scene, it like blew everybody up. He has since retracted almost everything that he posted there. Uh, he's gone back and talked about all these guilds doing all this building. Maybe, but the first thing that he put out there was it, it was a paradigm shifting um, documentary or presentation. And in that, he essentially said that one of his guides showed him that if you were to reverse the image of the moon, um, you would have a picture of the greater realm. And I, before Antiquitech, before the Flat Earth, before any of these things entered my consciousness, I, I was given a book. It was actually a very, very large opus <laughs> that was fictional in my mind. Like I thought this was a fictional telling and it wasn't. I'm finding out that it was not a fictional telling, but the way the book, what the book centered on was that there is more land. In fact, that was the first line in, in what I was perceiving as a fictional story. And so when all these other cats came on, on the scene and then the prog clock, which, you know, is featured within the documentary, um, the, the Awar Non um, documentary, I felt like internally that this was a huge vindication of the direct information I was given. And... I was shown in that story that there was a gate, like if you were to head south, which is out <laughs> in this model, due south of where Hawaii is, towards the perimeter, there's a gate. And on the other side of the gate is more land that's habitable, because there's tons of land that is not ha ha habitable, if I can say that correctly. So familiar familiarize yourself with this model of the superimposition the negative of the full moon and you'll see that you know what we call earth only occupies about a quarter of the space and i love dave's theory that this quarter moves rapidly and cuz he's right the the magnetic north that we've been told I'm 40, almost 48 years old. When I was a kid, Magnetic North was in Canada. And it was creeping, 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 you know, to the east. And now, since it's been in Siberia, which is over Russia, it's accelerating, as we're told. And so 
what, I mean, imagine what that would be if that whole thing shifted extremely rapidly. Um, you know, the, the people, as he would say, the Edomites, they kind of have to tell you what they're doing. And they've said over and over and over, hey, climate change. Well, climate change could just be change of venue. <laughs> it could be this greater clock moving to a different ge ge geographical space. You know, the sun and the moon move to a different area. And now the climate that you find yourself in is not what you thought it was. Um, very, very interesting stuff. This This podcast... It's one that I'll listen to over and over because <laughs> I need to learn, but um, it just hit. So I really appreciate uh, allegedly Dave coming on the pod. And um, yeah, I think this might be the final podcast of 2023. I think we produced over 50 podcasts this year and probably one a week, maybe a couple more. I think maybe close to 60 podcasts actually. So I so appreciate and I'm thankful for your guys' support. Uh, we have so many things going on here. Um, it's it's wonderful. I'm going to do a, a thank you uh, stream where I'm just thanking all the supporters. Um, I'm, I know I've been terrible about giving everybody a shout out that has contributed to the Bio Charisma podcast. But I, I wholeheartedly do appreciate it. Um, I'm just getting used to the whole super chatting land and what that all means and what the etiquette is, <laughs> the super chat etiquette. So as I learn, I'll get better and the podcast will get better. And we have nothing but just like stunningly good guests coming on and uh, keeping the gravy train rolling. So thank you again. Um, I have, I'll Put on the show notes where you guys can do the uh what is it called the um analog super chats and all the rest of it and uh keep the chat going i'll actually have the connection to our telegram chat which is just a hoot you guys are so much fun out there thank you for joining us and we will see you next year 2024 and hopefully dave's wrong that the uh, X marks the spot doesn't wipe us off the map. <laughs> I just had to put that caveat out there. I, I don't want that to happen. So, but who knows? We never know. <laughs>